What's up, everybody? Welcome to Football Insiders, our very first show of the year, because tomorrow the season kicks off. And don't worry, guys, I'm not doing it by myself, because with me each and every single week is going to be Pro Football Network senior NFL analyst, the one and only Mr. Trey Wingo. Brett, what's up, man? By the way, I, I need to first get this right off the bat. Please do. We're excited. New year. We're all we're all in on this. But your your entire background has changed. Where are you? So I I'm in my home for this show. Um, yeah. However, but it, but that, I, that hasn't been the home studio background for every show we've ever done. No, the the studio the background you've seen for every other show is is my my actual studio space, which is currently getting some work done. So don't worry, you'll oh, see me back there shortly. All right. You're kind yeah. of a big deal then. Nicely done. The more I hang out with you, the bigger a deal I become, my friend. It's true. We need to back <laughs> we need to backlight that a little bit behind you though. Because it feels like you had a fireplace and a TV. There's there's some good stuff back there, but we just can't see. By the way, let me make my hands bigger. There you Let's go. Do that. There, there you go. go. And, and by the way, also back there is like a playpen area for my one-year-olds. I didn't want to <clears> highlight <throat> that for no, no, no. listen. Let, we, we celebrate youth on this show, like they are the future. So we yeah. believe in them. So we should okay. we should embrace that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, let's uh let's get into it. But first, Trey, can you do do me a favor and tell our audience about the wonderful PFN pass service that we have? I can. Uh listen, if you want to make all the right decisions in this entire Frickin' season. Everything you need to know about, right? The most important things, everything you need to know is going to be about PFN. If you don't have PFN Pass, you don't know what you're doing. It's not what you're, you need to figure this out. Like, have, why haven't you done this by now? Uh, for less than 20 cents a day, you'll have access for season-long fantasy guide interactive experiences with all of your uh, fantasy and betting experts, educational courses around the most important topics in football fandom, and exclusive PFN productions like More Than Football with me sitting down with some of the greats like Kurt Warner, Steve Young. Become a member of PFN Pass Holder today at pfnpass.com. You will not regret it. This is true. This is true. You, uh, you How'd I do? Are you all right? Did I sell it? You feel good about that? I feel really good about it. I, I feel okay, better. I just want to make sure. I feel better knowing that people are going to get to see you uh, I, my, you, we did more than football last year. We're doing it again this year. Absolutely. And I love that people will be able to, to see the fruits of that labor sitting down with, I mean, literal legends and, and Kurt Warner, Steve Young, and people may not know this Trey, but you have just a Rolodex of NFL legends in your cell phone. It's true. What can I tell you? Yeah, um, you're kind you, of a big deal. No, 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 no. Look, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have, uh, conversations with a lot of people that I enjoyed covering and, uh, watching, and working with, and uh, they've all been very gracious with their time, and I'm happy to share that with the good folks at Pro Football Network and PFN Pass. Um, you know, you get a certain satisfaction, like it, it, without getting too melodramatic here, you get a certain satisfaction of not only doing the work for a long time, but the folks that you talk to um, give you that respect. For example, we just did a uh, Half Forgotten History podcast yesterday with Deshaun Jackson who is uh, still waiting to be called to see if he comes back and plays this year after playing for the Rams and the Raiders last year. And he was like, Hey man, happy to talk to you. Cause you always get it. You always got it. You understood what the game was about. So I'm happy to, sh to share my time with you. And that, that means more to me than anything, because I care about the guys that played the game, the guys that covered the game and the guys that coached and managed the game, all the yeah. other stuff, whatever. 
You know, if, if I have respect from the guys that were in the trenches, that means more to me than anything else. And, and that's been very rewarding about all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, you'll get to see all of that in more than football where we highlight the humans, right? The human beings who actually are involved in the sport and everything else. But Trey- The human show, fund, gifts for people. Yeah, so we're good. This show is Football Insiders. And and this is where we're going to talk about everything going on the field. And, and Trey, correct me if I'm wrong. Tomorrow, the most popular sport in the United States is going to kick off its season. Uh, Wait, hold, let me, hold on. Let me, let me double check. Just check on that for you real one. quick. Yeah, that's confirmed. That's it? Yes. Okay. All right. Just so, and just so people understand why we say that, all right? Last year, in 2021, of the 100 most watched shows on television, 75 of them were NFL games. It's insane. And the then NFL you think, well, maybe that's, maybe that's a one-off. In 2020, 72 of uh -huh. the top 100 rated television shows were NFL games. And in 2019, 78 of the top 100 watched television shows were NFL games. NFL games are literally carrying live TV. Like yeah. you and I do this kind of stuff and people can stream it and watch it and download it, whatever. And you have Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and Fubo and Quasar and Hookie Lukey, whatever they are. <laughs> you know, you can, you can stream anything, anytime. The only thing that draws audiences to live television are actual live games yeah, and absolutely. live sporting events. And football dominates that by a massive margin, professional football specifically. Yeah, look, two things. Uh, Hookie Lukie going on a T-shirt, coming to the PFL. Great show, by the way. Really great channel. Quasar also. <laughs> Chef's so, is good. Outer so, uh, space, really niche. Look out for that, but also tough news for the NFL is dying crowd, right? Uh, that that clearly is not coming to those guys, fruition. Those guys need to find a different drum to beat because the the NFL has beaten them into submission by raw data. One hundred percent. Well, look, let's let's get into tomorrow night's game because it is without question um, going to be really exciting because it, on one hand you have the defending Super Bowl champions in the Los Angeles Rams and they are serving home court to the <clears throat> Buffalo Bills, who, Trey, correct me if I'm wrong, Caesars has the favorite coming out of the AFC East. Is that right? Uh, not only the AFC East, but out of the AFC East, uh, out of the AFC in, 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 in its entirety. Uh, Buffalo is the betting favorite, according to our good friends at Caesars Sportsbook, whom we like, uh, to win the AFC as well as the AFC East. And they have the same odds as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the NFC and represent the NFC. Uh, in the Super Bowl. But I find it interesting, right? Let's let's talk about this game for a minute because yeah. since this Thursday night sort of Super Bowl champion season opener began in 2004 after the Patriots won Super Bowl 38, uh, that's sort of been the, the onus beginning. Since that time, uh, defending Super Bowl champs have lost a grand total of three games over that time frame. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys pulled off an upset over the Giants after their win in Super Bowl 46 at the Meadowlands. Uh, after Super Bowl 51, where the Patriots came back to win over the Falcons 34-28, to the Chiefs went into Foxborough uh, and won that game. And then this one has to happen asterisk at some point because the Ravens won Super Bowl 47-34. Uh, if you'll excuse my language, had a stick up their ass and they wouldn't want to share parking space with the That's Ravens right. on a Thursday night game. That's that game right. had to be moved to Denver 
So that game was on the road, and Peyton Manning threw five of his seven touchdown passes in that game in the second half, and they strafed Baltimore 49 to 27. So that one's sort of an outlier. But basically, if you're at home as a defending Super Bowl champ, you should win this game, which is what I find interesting about this game Thursday night because the Rams at SoFi at home are an underdog to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, for a variety of reasons, but it's it's really an outlier in how this whole scenario of having that that final moment of this the Super Bowl season where you raise the banner and then you go play the game and and you, it's your last sort of okay we did that now let's go do something else it's really an outlier this year because the Buffalo Bills are a prohibitive favorite. Yeah, and look, our very own um, NFL analyst, and you can read his work all over ProFootballNetwork.com, his name's Dalton Miller. He did a season <clears throat> predictions piece. Now, he's got the yeah. Rams, and I think you might agree with this, right? He's got the Rams coming out of the NFC West as the NFC West division winner. Um, I do, but I'm not real sold on that. Um, okay. I mean, like, I, I think that I think that the Rams have every opportunity to win, but they have a lot of obstacles going against them. First of all, nobody's repeated as Super Bowl champs in 18 years. That's the longest stretch in the Super Bowl era. The Patriots were the last to do it, Super Bowls 38 and 39. But, you know, the Rams have some question marks. They lost They lost their starting left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, one of the best in the business. He retired. Von Miller, who was a midseason acquisition from them for Denver and a big part of that Super Bowl run, he's now on the other side for the Buffalo Bills. Odell Beckham Jr. is out. Uh, we don't know when he's coming back or if he's going to come back to the Rams or sign with somebody else. And then there's this lingering story in training camp and preseason about Matthew Stafford with some elbow pain. And I don't care who you are. Um, if you have a starting quarterback going into the season who's in his mid-30s and they're worried about some elbow problems yeah, on your yeah. throwing shoulder, that's or your throwing arm, rather, that's something to keep an eye on. So, uh, Sean, look, Sean McVay and Lesney, the general manager, have done an amazing job in there, and they've done it in a very unconventional way. I believe the Rams last had a first-round pick in 1946. That <laughs> might be a slight exaggeration, but not, you know, not they, by they, far, though. Not by far. Yeah, not by far. Yeah, they've done it a very different <laughs> way. Um, but there are some very unique obstacles uh, facing them, and quite frankly, three of the teams in the division you can make an argument for should be playoff teams. Now, look. Matt, Matt Stafford, the question about him in Detroit, right, was always, can he be yeah. your big-time quarterback? Can he be your franchise guy? And we're going to talk about this about, about some of his teammates, I think, Trey, in a minute. But yeah. we've seen the magic that environment plays on these players. He gets with Sean McVay, who arguably is an upgrade over the likes of Matt Patricia, who I think is some co Going to go out on a limb and say yes, that, that Sean yeah. McVay is better than Matt Patricia. And so, and so the the thing there... Feel is, good about that, by the way. Feel good about I, that. I, I will. When we talk about where we could place some of our bets on Caesars, and, and that link's coming in the comments real soon, uh, that's something you might want to put your money on. But you know, with Matt Stafford, we're talking about it with Sean McVay. We're talking about a top 10, you know, most valuable player, a top 10 most valuable quarterback in the NFL, you know, in that yeah. environment. And if he's any kind of dinged up, um, you know, that could be a real problem for the Rams, obviously. The 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 thing that I'm I'm interested in, Trey, is are or do you think the the odds makers, the books makers, the whomever are are putting such a premium on Odell Beckham Jr. not being there as a reason why the Rams are are maybe coming back down to earth a little bit in their eyes? 
Well, I don't know if it's like, for example, you know, they only went and got Odell Beckham Jr. because Robert Woods tore his ACL. And Robert Woods, who's now in Tennessee, by the way, I find the Tennessee receiving core very interesting with Robert Woods and Traylon Burks, the rookie out of Arkansas, who I think is going to do really big things. Yeah. Um, uh, it took a while for Odell to sort of walk into the system last year, right? They went on a three-game losing streak after Robert Woods went down and Odell, they made the trade for Odell and it took them a a little bit to, to figure out what's happening. Um, Odell is a part of it, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a part of the equation. Uh, they, they brought in Allen Robinson, uh, who spent the last couple of years in Chicago, and then before that was in Jacksonville. Uh, and I think there's a lot of interesting uh, situations with Allen Robinson. By the way, we're, we uh, taped a Half Forgotten History podcast with Allen Robinson, um, and it's going to drop tomorrow as we're excited about that as the season begins, because I think he's a big part of what the Rams may or may not do going forward. They don't need him to be Odell Beckham Jr., but they need him to be better than everybody else not named Cooper Cup, right? Wow, I think yeah. that's that's a scenario. Cooper Cup's getting his. Like, you can say whatever you want about him, but uh, Cooper has has sort of approved, proved himself to be what he is, and and you just need a, you need an ancillary wide receiver to offset Cooper Cup. Like, for example, when Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt in the Super Bowl, for about two full quarters, the Rams' offense was stagnant. It couldn't move until finally, when they had to score, they basically said, screw it. We don't care that Cooper Cup's getting double teamed every time. We're going to force the ball into him, and that's how they ended up winning the game yeah. uh, against yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals. So they just need something to be a viable option away from Cooper Cup. And if you look at Allen Robinson's numbers with really less than stellar play at the quarterback position throughout that's his a, entire career, yeah. um, I, I think you can expect that from him this year. Yeah, and I think I think you know we we talked about this like I just said with Matthew Stafford changing environments to Sean McVay. And last yeah. year when Odell was in Cleveland, there was like you know is he the problem? Is, is he is he not adjust? He's not doing the right things. He's 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 done. And then he goes well, to Sean McVay. The funny thing about, funny thing about that is. It was either Baker Mayfield's the problem or Odell Beckham Jr.'s the problem. And they got rid of them both. So they yeah. thought both of them might have been the problem. Including. And then brought in arguably uh, problem. a much a bigger problem. Other problem. <laughs> so, so, so with there, though, we see Odell go to Los Angeles. And then all of a sudden, there's the Odell we all remember. I mean, it took a while, as you said, but that conference championship game and then what we saw in the early part of that Super Bowl was the Odell Beckham Jr. Everybody you know, came to, to understand. He was getting separation. He was getting yards after the catch in those two games, and that was something he was struggling with in the beginning part. With Allen Robinson, we're going to see if that holds true for a third time. Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, and now Allen Robinson leaving Chicago after leaving Jacksonville, not two of the more successful franchise in, franchises in recent memory, if I'm not mistaken. And he's going to go to this Sean McVay, this this Sean McVay offense, which is, you know, as we we learned with our good buddy Steve Young in our more than football episode with him, that's on PFN Pass. Um, it's really the Shanahan, the Mike Shanahan offense that Sean McVay is is running right. down there. And I think it's an opportunity for Allen Robinson to remind people. Uh, of what he was able to do back all the way back in 2018, 2017 with, with the likes of Blake Bortles, where he just put up those insane numbers. Um, so I think, I think he's going to be successful there. You know, I, I really do. I don't know if he'll be an upgrade over what Odell was to close out his time there. Um, but who knows? Maybe Odell comes back to that team as well. They could have both of them. They could. I think it's, it's funny. I think it's going to be a bidding war between, 
the Rams and the Bills, both teams that play in this game, because Von Miller has already been actively recruiting Odell. Right. And uh, in a in a half forgotten history podcast episode I did with Les Snead, the Rams GM, they've had really open and, and frank conversations about Odell, and they'd love to have him back. And Odell's open to that idea as well. So it's really going to be, I think, when it comes to when Odell's ready to play again. Uh, it's either going to be the Bills or the Rams. And where he's going to go is going to be a very interesting decision about how things may play out when it's all said and done. Well, let's let's talk quickly about the Bills before we move on to the next game we want to talk about. You mentioned that Caesars has them really as the betting favorite to win the AFC. Um, do you see the Bills – are the Bills your favorite coming out of the AFC? Are they a team you think is, is you know your Super Bowl favorite, your AFC favorite? They are. But I say that with a little trepidation, and I'll explain why. You know, in the history of the Bills franchise, I don't know if the expectations have ever been higher than they are right now. Yes, the Bills went to and lost four straight Super Bowls in the 90s, Super Bowls 25 through 28. Um, And they were a really, really good team. But after they lost that first one to the Giants, I think a lot of people thought, well, the Cowboys were probably better. And the Washington Redskins that beat them in Super Bowl 26 uh, punched them in the mouth. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a season where the Buffalo Bills' expectations are this, Super Bowl win or bust. Yeah, It's not just getting to the playoffs anymore. It's not just advancing in the playoffs or getting to the Super Bowl. They are expected to win the whole damn thing. And sometimes dealing with expectations and dealing with success is way more difficult than dealing with failure. Um, everything is set up for them. They have, they are the, the team with the fewest weak links. Now, obviously, Tredavious White not being there to start the season is a problem, but they got K.R. Elam uh, in the draft. Um, there, are, there are nothing but Super Bowl Lombardi expectations for Buffalo. Yeah. And, you know, Josh Allen is, a, is an amazing quarterback, and he's the prohibitive favorite to win the MVP. But, you know, he went through some games last year where it wasn't all right. You know, Josh Allen of Jacksonville beat the crap out of Josh Allen out of Buffalo in that one game last year. And they've they've had some hiccups along the way. So, you know, for Buffalo to achieve what they want to achieve, what's expected to achieve, they have to have, quite frankly, the best season in the history of the franchise. Because we all know how talented the AFC is. And we all know how deep the AFC is. Yes, the Rams have won, excuse me, the NFC has won the last two Super Bowls with the Bucks and the Rams. But I don't think anybody is going into the season saying, saying the NFC is as deep as the AFC. Yep. They're going to have to survive a very, very deep AFC. And they're going to have to find a way to beat Kansas City. And we can have this conversation whenever you want. We can have it tonight. We can have it week one. We can have it week seven. The people that are think, thinking and saying, well, the Chiefs' run of terror is over, I'm like, why? We're going to get to that. We're going to get yeah. to that in a minute because there, there definitely is a deeper discussion to be had on that. But before we do, I want to I say something before we move on to that game. Two things. Um, two is I want to send people to go make some money. Uh, but before oh, yeah. I get to that, um, this is going to come off as a hot take, and believe me, that is something we strive to never do at PFN. But I promise behind you, me, Satan. I promise you that it, it is backed with with a level of understanding and, and research and so on. I think we see Josh Allen have a little bit of a regression year. I don't think we're going to see Josh Allen suck. 
I don't think we're no. going to see him be a bad quarterback, but I think I think there's something about there's something to be said for the fact that he was in the bottom half of the league last year in completion percentage. And I think there's something that that look, say what you want about Cole Beasley the person. He was a very valuable pass catcher for that team that last correct. year. And his loss, I think, is going to be a big deal. He was the best separator, okay, the best receiver at getting into space. And when you have a quarterback who's, look, for all of Josh Allen's strengths, he's never been the most accurate quarterback. You need a guy to get in space and be able to well, adjust to balls. He was he was way more accurate than the, than the way it was portrayed coming out of college because he lost all those players. But what, what I loved about the Bills organization is they surrounded him with that, you know, for, for example, for the first year or the second year, they got him stuff. Uh, they got him John Brown and then they yep. upgraded that to Stefan Diggs. And then they uh, drafted and signed to a long-term contract today. Dawson Knox, the tight end yep. to a four-year contract. will tie him there through 2026. They brought in Cole Beasley underneath. They gave him all the weapons to make him better. And he became yes. a lot better. Yeah. We talked about um, that last year. Yeah, absolutely. And the bills, the bills team construct concept is really, really strong, but you're right. Um, you can't take away what Cole Beasley was able to do. And, and if you don't replace it, um, there, there are going to be some issues. So Which they might, they might replace it. Isaiah McKenzie yeah. could be that guy. Gabe Davis could continue to, to flash a little bit. I just, we haven't seen it yet. And so I wouldn't be the surprised. Gabe Davis thing is fascinating, that. right? Because he had what those four touchdown catches in the playoff game against the, the chiefs, the first player ever. And I think he had one in the regular season. So can, will Gabe Davis be the player in the playoffs or the player in the regular season? That's a big part that, of that's what it. we what we need to see about the Buffalo Bills offense going forward. 100%. Now, look, we've talked about the Rams. We've talked about the Bills. And we've talked about both teams going to the Super Bowl. Trey, your very good friends, my getting better friends over at Caesar Sportsbook, um, yeah. have some interesting odds on that. They have the Bills. Uh, the odds to win the Super Bowl right now is plus 600. The Rams... The Rams, interestingly, are at plus 1,100. Okay, that's over at Caesar Sportsbook. Now, here at Pro Football Network, we have promo codes for you guys, our audience here, to go make some money on some of those odds. Okay, yeah. so go place your first cash wager, and if you lose, you're going to get 100% of your stake back as a free bet, and that's up to uh, $1,250. And win or lose, you're also going to get 1,000 reward credits and 1,000 tier credits. All you have to do, the link is right there in the comments. Doesn't matter if you're watching us on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, doesn't matter. The link is there in the comments. Go click on it and enter promo code PFNFULL, one word, P-F-N-F-U-L-L. Click the link now and go make some money. You, now, you, you had me at PFNFU, just so you know. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's what we're saying to the competition. <laughs> All right. So let's let's take a let's take a look at this next game. Let's get to our second segment here. Okay. You were going to it, man. You were going to it. It's our it's our friends over in Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. uh, and they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. And by the way, we're going to talk a little bit about Kyler Murray and the curious offseason that he had with that contract <laughs> extension. That <laughs> said, we love you, but not that much. Um, yeah. That being said, the the Kansas City Chiefs are an interesting team, man, because they've been the prohibitive favorite out of the AFC. Whether they go to the Super Bowl or not, we go into the next season saying the Chiefs are the favorite. This year, we just spent a lot of time talking about why people believe that team is the Bills this year. Do yeah. you feel that way, or are you still on the, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, bandwagon there? Well, listen, I, I've been on the Chiefs bandwagon since they drafted that dude. 
okay, in 2017, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I do believe that this is the Bills' season to put up or shut up because if they don't do it this year, then we're going to see some real issues with that organization going forward. They're going to have to change the way they do business. All that being said, I find it, and I want to be, I want to be fair here, Brett. I find it somewhat amusing yeah. and laughable <laughs> that all these people, well, oh, you know, Herbert is the guy now, or Josh Allen is the guy now, or Burrow is clearly the guy now. Yeah. Let's hold on a minute. Okay, let's just hold on a minute. Um, no before fun. you continue, before you continue. Yeah. Just so everyone and knows, they're watching. all great players. I want to be clear. yeah, yeah. yeah. All but great you, just just so everybody knows, watching the show, this yeah. is this is our favorite part of any show that I've ever done with Trey, where we get to remind people just how damn good Patrick Mahomes is. So please continue. Yeah, it's it's like people forget. Like he had a he had a terrible second half of the AFC Championship game, of which, by the way, the Chiefs hosted four straight championship games in the history of football. That has carried the one at the five, the five. Never happened before. Tom Brady didn't do it. Peyton Manning didn't do it, okay? So this is what we're talking about. Um, he's really good, guys. He's really good. And I, I think we're, we're suffering from what I call shiny penny syndrome. Like, okay. It's like you have a, a quarter in your hand, and it's a little beat up and rusty, and maybe there's some scuffs on it. And you see a brand-new shiny penny, and you're like, oh, let me get that. Let me throw this away to pick up that penny realize that you're picking up 125th of what you had in your hand to begin with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the history of the NFL, nobody has thrown for more yards and more touchdown passes in their first four years than Patrick Mahomes. There are three players that have thrown for at least 50 touchdown passes in a season. Peyton Manning in his 77th year, Tom Brady in his ninth year and Patrick Mahomes in his first year as a full starter yeah. uh, in the NFL. He's been a Super Bowl MVP. He's been a regular season MVP. He's been unbelievable in the postseason. And we all want to pretend like one half against the Bengals wipes that all away. It's like, guys, understand what, you know, here's the thing about Patrick Mahomes last year that no one wants to admit. He actually got better last year as a quarterback. Now, granted, he went through that stretch where there were some interceptions. Most of them, by the way, coming off receivers who were hitting these things, I don't know, called the hands and they bounced up into the air and they were picked off. He was a better quarterback last year because of going through his progressions and going through all of these things. You can sleep on Kansas city all you want, but I'll just tell you this. The signing of the off season wasn't Devonte Adams to the Raiders in that trade. It wasn't Tyreek Hill to uh, the Miami Dolphins in that trade, which, by the way, the Chiefs got a bleep ton in return. Quarterback it, trade, right? It was the signing of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, okay? Since 2020, here's the list of the most 50-yard touchdown receptions in the NFL. And Jamar Chase had five last year as a rookie. Absolutely phenomenal. Second on that list, Marquez Valdez-Scantling with four. Yeah. he's He's a... He's a walking big play. He's not as fast as Tyreek, but he's bigger than Tyreek, which means his catch radius is a little bigger than Tyreek. And I'm not taking anything away from Tyreek Hill. In a perfect scenario, the Chiefs would have loved to kept Tyreek Hill. Sure. But once the money for the Devontae Adams deal came down and his 
people and his agents saw that, they realized, well, that's not going to work. So Brett Veach, the general manager, did a phenomenal job. He said, let's get as much as we can for that guy yep. and try and get some a lot of draft capital back and let's make it up in pieces. Look, it used to be last year that you had Tyreek Hill over the top and Travis Kelsey over the middle. That's how you're going to try and slow down the Chiefs. Well, now you have Miko Hardman and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling over the top. And now you have Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster underneath. Um, that's a lot more difficult to cover. And everybody, like, everybody sort of focused on the Juju Smith-Schuster signing because, you know, he's Juju, TikTok Juju, you know, funny <laughs> dances Juju, celebration Juju. TikTok Juju. The, Mar the Marcus Valdez, better than uh, Jackson Mahomes TikTok. Let's just Very be true. clear about that. Very um, true. The signing of Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to go down as the most underappreciated signing of this season. Trust me on that. I know. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with that, right? I, I think that we talked a little bit about this. Now, full disclosure for everyone watching, I, I, I work with an active Chiefs player, right? I train yeah. Lucas Niang, right tackle. So I've gotten a chance to talk to – I talked to Brett Veach through the vetting process. The one yeah. thing that, that Brett does a great job of, in addition to having a phenomenal first name and spells it correctly with two Ts, <laughs> is, is his belief in roster construction – Correct. over talent acquisition. And I, I want to be very clear. There's a huge delineation between those two things. Talent acquisition is, is what we see like the Jaguars who have spent the most money in free agency over the last several years. How's they that worked were, out? They're exactly. How's they, that worked they, out? Not so well, right? They're acquiring talent with disregard to how you put those pieces into your puzzle. And what Brett Veach understands very well is, okay, we're losing a massive talent but there's some things that Tyreek does that we can find here with, with MV, uh, whatever his initials are, Val Marquez, Valdez Scanling. Valdez there it is, MVS. MVS. I almost said MVP. Uh, you know, we can replace some of that here, but where, where, where else are we not going to get? All right. What, what can't we get with him? Let's fill that in with a juju. Let's see if McCole Hardman takes that next step forward. And now we've got a four or five option offense instead of a two, maybe three. And yeah. that's just a great job of Brett Veach doing what he already does really well. Look, last year, Trey, what was the weakness? Offensive line. What did he do? He found two all pros, right, in, in, yeah. in a Creed Humphrey and a Trey Smith. He goes and gets uh, or, Joe or Tooney. Brown. And yeah, Joe I mean, Tooney. And Joe Tooney. Not to mention Lucas Niang was the starting right tackle prior to injury. But <laughs> what I'll say is that Brett always has done a fantastic job of identifying yeah. the weaknesses and then constructing it with the right puzzle piece, not just the most talented one. Yeah, a couple of things. By the way, Jean Paul, I think is his name in the comments, is saying, well, losing Tyron Matthew will hurt. Yes, it will. But at the cost, it makes more sense to bring in a younger player like Justin Reed and get him for that value than what it would take to re-sign Tyron Matthew. Now, I think Tyron Matthew's a great player, don't get me wrong, and they'll lose his intensity. But Justin Reed is a and leadership. That's the thing. But Justin Reed's a really good player. Like he's a really good player. No one cares about him because he played for the Texans. And the Texans have been, what's the word? Oh yeah, dumpster fire for the last few years. But you'll you'll find out that he's actually a really good player. He but is. it goes to your point. It's team construct. Teddy Bruschi used to say to me when we worked together, it's one thing to acquire a lot of great players. It's another thing to put together a good team. Yep. And to absolutely. your point, you were talking about Brett Veach understands the necessities of what it takes 
to put together a good team. Like, for example, the, the drafting of George Karloftis late in the round and then signing Carlos Dunlap, who had a lot of great years in Cincinnati. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the every down, every snap player that he was in Cincinnati, but when you can rotate a George Karloftis and a Carlos Dunlap and a Frank Clark, then suddenly when they're not playing 50, 60 snaps a game, it's amazing how well they can play when they're playing 15 to 25 snaps a game. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and again, it's just a great example of, of what the, and of why the chiefs are staying relevant. Now, look, it doesn't yeah. hurt to have Patrick Mahomes, but again, apparently some people of, think it, think it does. Which that's I part, can't that's part of construction. Let me just, and I know this is really about week one. So let me just throw some nuggets out here. Yes. The chiefs have won seven straight uh, week one games. That's the longest streak in the NFL, but there's more to it. The Chiefs have scored more than 30 points in their season opener in each of the last six seasons. The last team to do that was the Mike Ditka-led Bears, uh, who did it five straight years from 1984 to 1988. And we all think of those Bears as being real offensive gurus, right? No, it was all about the defense, <laughs> but they scored offense. So let's take it one step further. Patrick Mahomes, whom everybody loves to pile on now because, again, the shiny penny syndrome. He started the last four of those seven straight game-winning uh, openers. He's thrown 13 touchdown passes, no interceptions, and a passer rating of whatever. It's really good. You can have your issues about passer rating. But to throw, to throw that in perspective, he's the only player in NFL history to throw for at least three or more touchdowns in each of four straight openers, 2018-4, 2019-3, 2023-2021-3. 20, and that is the highest in the NFL history in openers, minimum 100 attempts by a margin of more than 25 points. Brian Greasy's second on that list at a passer rating of 107.1, and he's at 133.7. So it's not just that the Chiefs are winning games. It's that they're scoring ridiculous amounts of points, and their quarterback is, oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Really effing good, okay? <laughs> and that's not changing. So while I love Steve Kime, the general manager of the Cardinals, and the Kyler Murray thing, which has been a fascinating thing to watch through this entire offseason, the Kyler clause was there, and then poof, magically it wasn't. Patrick Mahomes is that dude, and you can pretend like he isn't, but you're kidding yourself. All right, let's let's talk really quick before we move on from this. We've talked a lot about the Chiefs specifically. A lot of conversation has been had this offseason about the moves the other teams in the AFC West made. The Broncos, yeah. the Raiders, we mentioned Devontae Adams, among others. Um and the uh, Chargers, Justin Herbert being the a, a big fan favorite to to be the next yeah. guy in this league, um, you know, do you believe that the West, the rest of the West, if you will, has done enough to catch the best of the West, which is the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, look, I, I've said this all off season, and you've heard me say it. Uh, the AFC West is like an Avenger movie. What other superstar can we bring in? Let's get somebody else, right? We need we need one more superstar. Let's bring him in here. Russell Wilson is clearly an upgrade on offense. The Denver Broncos defense has been really good of the last few years under Vic Fangio. And they have now what I believe to be a functional offense with Russell, although the loss of Tim Patrick uh, to the torn ACL is going to hurt. And then you have teams like the Raiders and the Chargers. The Raiders went all, both sides of the ball. They, they got Devontae Adams to pair with uh, Derek Carr. Uh, who, you know, is his college quarterback. And uh, I think that's going to be successful. But just as importantly, they brought in Chandler Jones to go opposite of Max Crosby. And that's a powerful one-two punch. 
And then you have the Chargers, who were really good offensively but needed help on defense. So not only did they get J.C. Jackson, although he's a little banged up, Mm -hmm. that ankle surgery, and we're not sure what his availability is to start the season, uh, who's had the most interceptions since he came into the league. And now they have Khalil Mack opposite Joey Bosa. These things don't happen magically. They don't happen without a purpose. All of this is because they're trying to stop the Kansas City Chiefs, who won that division, I believe, six straight years. So this is all... In an, in an attempt to try and slow down Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Will it play out? I don't know. It might, but you know, until you can like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes as a starter have never lost a road division game. They're 13 and 0. That's insane. So that might be the most impressive it, stat. It's a ridiculous stat. And you have to win at least one of those. You have to slow them down one time before I'm going to say, okay, we may have something here. And with all due respect to all these people who are spewing all this stuff, Bart Scott, who was a fine human being and a really good player, went on Get Up yesterday, I believe, and said that the Chiefs aren't going to make the playoffs. One, that's a reasonable thing to say. It's a reasonable opinion. Is it? But, Brett, then he was asked his reasons why that's his opinion. And his reasons were, well, you know, they always have a fight, a drag out fight with the Raiders. Last year, the Chiefs won both of those games against the Raiders by a combined score of 89 to 23. 41 to 14 and 48 to 9 were the scores. So that makes no sense. And then he said, nobody in the AFC West has any fear of Mahomes. Sure, Jan. That's why the Broncos got Russell Wilson. That's why the Raiders got Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. And that's exactly freaking why the Chargers got J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. They're all afraid of Patrick Mahomes. So it's okay to have an opinion that you think the Chiefs aren't going to make the playoffs, but base it on reality, not on some wizard cloud that you live in in Narnia, which makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, again, another t-shirt wizard cloud in Narnia, uh, merch team. Let's get that, uh, to press please. Now the, uh, look, I, I agree with you on all of that. I, I will note that my hot take on Josh Allen was supported, I think with, with reasonable conversation there, but it's called the, data. Yeah. very quickly, I, you know, cause I want to talk, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Kyler Murray and that contract, but I'll, I'll say this. I think the I think the Chiefs are going to win the West. Our very own Dalton Miller predicted them to win the West. Go read that piece. His all of his season predictions are on ProFootballNetwork.com. So please go check that out. Um, and while I think the rest of the teams have done enough, what we're talking about, Trey, is Brady level dominance over the AFC East. Correct. Very early in Mahomes' career over the West. Now Correct. the West, I think, moved earlier to prevent that than the AFC East did with Brady. I think, I think what these teams have done is very substantial. I mean, we're talking superstars. You weren't kidding when you said yeah. that. Um, so we will see how that plays out really quick before we get to that. The chiefs at Caesar Sportsbook are plus 175 to win the West, the chargers at plus 220, the Broncos at plus 275 and the Raiders at plus 600. So Caesar Sportsbook still has the chiefs as the favorite to come out of the West if you're a Raider fan, by the way, that pisses you off because the Raiders were the team that made the playoffs last year. 
Yeah. And they got Chandler Jones and they got Devontae Adams. They made the playoffs it, amid all of that insanity regarding well, John Gruden and, and so on and so forth. So, but look, those are the odds. And I think, I think there's a lot of value. Look, that Raiders at plus 600, that's looking real valuable maybe right now based on what you just said. So go to the comments. Same deal as before. The promo link is there. It's in the comments section. Go try to win some money. Promo code PFN full PFNFULL, one word PFN full Pro Football Network, Caesar Sportsbooks. Go bet now. Promo code in the comments. Trey, very quickly, you know Steve Kime. Good dude. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, great GM. Yeah. Um, that Kyler Murray contract situation was a cluster F. Yeah, in, it was a disaster. In all from all respects. What's your what's your take on it and how does Kyler Murray move forward from here? Well, look, um things don't happen without a reason, right? You don't just magically put that language in a contract unless you felt it was necessary. So the Cardinals felt it was necessary. And then everyone looked at it, it was like this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a contract. And then, then, then PR became more important than reality. I mean, that, that's the best way to describe it. They went into damage control because it was out there. And, and look, this is not a, 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 a jab at Kyler. If you go back and read an article in 2021 in the New York Times, Kyler himself said, and this was one of the most amazing quotes of all time. I'm blessed with cognitive issues that I don't need to study as much as other people because I can just pick things up. Wow. What a terrible yeah. thing to say to a publication. Just an not, awful thing. Not great. And then he had, and then he has, yeah, exactly. Then he has this press conference. He said, you don't think I don't study? I'm like, yeah, because you said it. You know, <laughs> so I was like, you said it. And the team felt it was much of an issue that they put it in there. Like you needed a homework clause. And then the backlash was, what the hell is this? So then they removed it. Damage was done though. Like the damage was already done at that point. And I think, first of all, the whole saga with Kylo this off season was just a disaster. Yeah. He scrubs his media, social media of all Cardinal reps. And then he, then he puts them back and then he takes them off again. And then he gets the contract <laughs> and they put in the clause. And so, and then he tried to call plays in that one preseason game. And I think the, the eight plays he called resulted in negative three yards, you know, um, you get humbled real, you get humbled real quick, humbled. Real exactly. Quick. Exactly. Look, they, they've hitched their wagon to Kyler Murray one way. Then. The moment they, they hired Cliff Kingsbury as their coach with absolutely no resume to be a head coach in the NFL. That's just a fact. I mean, it's just, I'm not, it's not a ding on Cliff He had gotten Kingsbury. fired. He had, had, he, had a, he had a losing record as a, yeah. as a head coach at Texas Tech. Right. And then he was on his way to be the offensive coordinator at USC. USC. Yep. And then he got a head coaching job. Like, that's not normal. And the only reason that Kyler Murray went number one overall is because Cliff Kingsbury has had a love affair with Kyler Murray since he was a high school player in Allen, Texas. Yep. So they have decided, for better or for worse, to hitch their wagon to Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And, you know, we, we talked about this a lot last year on, on this, this podcast. The Cardinals are great through the first seven weeks of the season. And they're not great under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray past that. 
they, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a dog leg right on a, on a par five. Uh, they, they have a great fade, you know, but they fade down the stretch. So yep. they are all in with the, with the, the one, two tandem of, of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They've got to make it work because they're all in, they're invested. And yep. uh, it's either going to work or it's not. Um, but there are some real issues they've got to, they've got to work through. Yep. All right, here we go. Final segment. All right. Um, Sunday night football, huge matchup between the Tampa Bay Bucca Brady's. I did it one time, Trey, please don't yell at me. And the America's team, Dallas Cowboys. For those of you who are wondering where that came from, please go back and, and listen to our more than football. Or don't uh, just move on from that. Just move Trey, on. Trey chastised me for a long time about saying Bucca Brady's. That being said, Trey, the uh, Caesars sports book, has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 750 to win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady going through a lot uh, potentially in his personal life, Pro Football Network, uh, the only football publication so far that has reported on him spending some family time while he was away in the Bahamas, um, away from training camp uh, to, to deal with some stuff going on with his family. What those are, you can read about that elsewhere in other publications. Um, but here, you know, the question is, is that a lot of distraction to maybe prevent the Bucs from maximizing what very well could be Tom Brady's final season? Well, I don't, I don't think it will be because at the end of the day, you're talking about the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, and there's no way around it. Seven touch, seven Super Bowl rings, 10 Super Bowl appearances, which is, by the way, why I laughed when he, he came back and he said, I have some unfinished business. I'm like, bro, you don't have unfinished business. You just want more business. Like, there's nothing <laughs> unfinished about what you've done. I love that. You just want to, you just want to keep doing it. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things to think about this first game specifically. Okay, let's talk about that. We talked about the interior line. There's a probability and some possibilities there where it might be an issue. But we're talking about the top two teams in terms of scoring offense last year. So if you're looking at this game week one, uh, expect a lot of points. Okay. They were only two of four teams last year where their games averaged over 50 points per game, the Cowboys and the Bucks. It's at Jerry World at AT&T Stadium. Uh, last year, Jerry World gave up 58 and a half points per game uh, over the season, by far the most of any venue in the NFL. So if you're looking at this, expect a lot of points. That's that's the that's the likelihood. Yeah, um, they played last year to open the season on the Thursday night game. And if the Cowboys had had any kicking issues, they would have won that game. They lost it 31 to 29. But they had all kinds of kicking issues. And, you know, there are still problems with Mike McCarthy in terms of uh, penalties and discipline on the football team. But there are a lot of issues going into this game. For example, just Tom Brady's going to be the ninth man in NFL history to play a game at the age of 45 or older. He'll be the oldest player to start a game that old in 97 years. Bobby Marshall, as we all remember, of the Duluth Kellys in 1925 uh, was that old. He was one of the NFL's uh, first black players, by the way, in the 1920s. Uh, and and the issue of of the the line that we talked about, right? Like, yeah, uh, Ali Marpet retired. Alex Kappa, the guard, is now in Cincinnati. Ryan Jensen got hurt. Just so people understand, <clears throat> uh, no NFL team has ever had the same five players play for all seventeen games because we only had the first seventeen game season last year. Uh, but last year uh, they had the Tampa Bay Bucks had four offensive linemen start all seventeen regular season games, and Marpet started sixteen games. So they've had a real cohesive unit all of that is now up in the air going forward and I don't care if you have Mike Evans and Godwin 
and Julio Jones, whatever he is now, because we don't know what he is after the last couple of years. He, he hasn't been great. Yep. If you can't keep your quarterback upright, it doesn't matter. Go back to the 2015 AFC Championship game at Mile High Stadium. The no-fly zone defense absolutely pummeled that offensive line for the New England Patriots, and they won that game by a point and went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, or two points, and it was 21 to 19 uh, was the final score. Um, so they 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 need to find a way to protect him. Uh, and if if that's an issue, like Tom will always say, don't worry about who the mic is, and we get the ball out beforehand. And that's by far and away the best way to do this when you have some issues up front. But they're going to be pressured right up the gut. And Tom Brady, as we all know, runs like a baby giraffe. Like for all his greatness, <laughs> he's a loafer. He's a loafer out there. That's and a that's a Tony can, Pauline specialty right there, exa- right? Exactly Long right. Loafer. If you can run at him right up the gut, you're going to have a lot. You can get to pressure him right up the gut. You're going to have a lot of success. And yeah. even Tristan Wirfs, who's been amazing since they take, took him out of Iowa in the first round a couple of years ago, he's dealing with some issues. The little things usually add up to big things. And the little things right now for the Tampa Bay Bucks are their offensive line. And the year they won the Super Bowl, that offensive line was together the entire time. Uh, so I, I'm just curious to see what happens with uh, the interior up front of that offensive line going into the season opener. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, very quickly, you know, Tom Brady is at his best when he feels secure in the pocket. Yeah. He's lethal. He's the best quarterback ever. Um, When there is pressure, when there is garbage, we call it right. When there's garbage in that pocket, when there's there's shrapnel in there, uh, he gets very skittish. He gets off his game and that's the best way to get to him. They're going into the season already with an issue there. So something to definitely take a a look at real quick about the Dallas Cowboys. Our own uh, Dalton Miller, who, by the way, cannot be accused of homerism here because he has recently supported the Dallas Cowboys. I believe he has them like third in the division, finishing third in the NFC East. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear your take on that. That that seems a little... Low. Excuse me. Second, second in the division. I was about to say how bad the division is, but here, look, here's the here's the honest truth about the Dallas Cowboys. History is against them. Uh, not only have they haven't had back to back ten plus win seasons since the '90s. We're talking Aikman, Irvin, Emmett, Novacek, Moose, Leon, Lett, Charles Haley. I mean, that's how long ago it was the Cowboys had back to back ten plus win seasons. Uh, the NFC East hasn't had a repeat champion since. 2003 or 2004 i can't remember which year it was the eagles won it four straight years in a row so history alone is against the dallas cowboys then you lose amari cooper who was far and away their most productive receiver uh and they they signed michael gallup who's not ready yet for a contract extension coming off the acl tear in january uh and you still have jerry jones saying the the offense goes through zeke no it should not it should be a combination of Zeke and Tony Pollard. Well, uh, why um, can't he see that, Trey? Because he signed that? Zeke to the contract and uh, he can't admit that. That's, was a, sunken, that's a sunken cost fallacy, right? That's the definition Correct. of sunken cost fallacy. Correct. So I, I just think the Cowboys are eliminated based on history and their own poor management of talent. Um, uh, maybe they'll sneak in as a wild card, but they're not winning the division. Everything is set up for the Eagles. Everything is set up for Philadelphia. I love the move for A.J. Brown uh, to go with Devontae Smith. And the best thing about it for them, Howie Roseman has, look, if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, 
we have plenty of draft capital in 2023 to go get the quarterback we want because it's going to be a very quarterback rich draft. They could have five, six quarterbacks go in the first round. How we very opposite from this past year, but Howie Roseman, another very savvy GM and not to mention Jerry Jones is like that husband at the bar with his wife. Who's like, by the way, see that girl, she's checking me out. You see that girl, she's checking me out <laughs> doing this. Like every press conference, he's talking about well, all the they, coaches he could they, have. They probably are, but that's a separate issue entirely. Well, you know, we'll talk about that later. That being said, um, Caesars agrees with you and agrees with Dalton. Apparently they have the Cowboys at plus 2000 to win the Super Bowl. A lot of conversation around the Cowboys, um, but I don't know, just like you, I don't know there's a lot of substance there. They just seem to be that team that always gets a lot of that that hype. Um, Jerry but, likes oh, the sizzle more than the stick. Yeah, always has. Look, all good, you know, all publicity is good publicity in his eyes. I think that's something he said. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Now, guys, listen, to place your bets on the Buccaneers or the Cowboys, maybe going to the Super Bowl, Bucks at plus 750 with Caesars, Cowboys at plus 2,000, same promo code as before, PFN full. Enter it in. Click on the link in the chat, um, and you can uh, hopefully win some money with Caesar Sportsbook Pro Football Network. That's what we're hoping for. Um, Trey, that is the end of uh, of our show. Um, we typically would take fan questions, but man, did we we went overtime here because we it's, did. It's an important holiday tomorrow, right? I mean, it's a big deal. A lot to talk about. Look, it's the best outside of the Super Bowl. It's the best day of the year because. Um, everyone's excited week one. Like, yeah. here's what I always say about week one, the first two weeks of the season. Teams that suck don't know they suck yet, right? Like, they, <laughs> yeah. they don't know. They think they're all good. And then they get their butts kicked in for three weeks, and they're like, God, we're terrible. So whatever you are, you're going to get somebody's best shot weeks one through three. And then reality sets in like a an iron to the forehead. Um, so that's what makes it fun. And I'll say this before we wrap up. The NFL is the best thing at selling hope. 17 out of the last 19 seasons, one team has gone from worst to first in their division. Who's it going to be this year? For 32 straight seasons, 32 straight seasons, at least four teams that didn't make the playoffs the previous year made the playoffs the next year. Yep. That gives you hope. Since 1995, only three, three of the preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl, which the Bills and Bucks are, actually went on to win the whole damn thing. So it's not a guarantee. The best thing about the NFL is the championship is earned. And you, your team has every right to go out there and earn it. And they've set up the rules to make it available for your team to go out there and earn it. So let's see what happens. Yep. Hey, speaking of hope, please check out our trailer on our Twitter account for our new full feature documentary that does drop called Hopeful a fan-focused documentary at looking at the psyche of Cleveland Browns fans, Oof. a new annual series where we'll be looking Oof. at a different fan base each and every year. Who better to start with than the Cleveland Browns? That trailer can be found on our Twitter account, at PFN365, coming soon exclusively to PFN Pass holders. I am Brett Yaris, but I pale in comparison to the one and only Mr. Trey Wingo. Trey, I'm looking forward to doing this with you again next week. What do you say? Let's do it, brother. Let's have a great season. All right, guys. Till next week. See ya.